Well, here we are, here we are, here we are, here we are again. We are in officially 2024. I want to thank those who have been on the journey with me for the last year and some months, man. It's been successful. Uh, I recently put out the stats on Facebook. I hit six countries. Uh, one of the most dominant uh, areas here in Atlanta is actually Snailville. Um, and my followers have grown. My subscription has grown. And I want to thank those who support the show. I want to thank you so kindly. Excuse the sound of my voice. I've been up under the weather. Man, since I've been in Georgia, I'm telling you, these sinuses, allergies, they's kicking my butt. But I didn't realize that I was sick. Typical male stubbornness, as you would call it, right? A whole week, and I did not realize I was sick. So basically, I want to dedicate the very first episode of this year to my parents, uh, Virginia and Charles um, T. I'm just going to leave it right there. For everything that you've done for me, everything, always being there by my side, always having my back. When I got sick, you all jumped on the road ASAP and came to Georgia. And I always say and tell people, your love nursed me back to health. I'm so grateful. And I'm going to dedicate everything that I do, all my successes, all my failures, everything that is good or bad, you know, is it's because of my parents, man. You know what I'm saying? Whether it is a failure, not saying my parents encourage me to fail, but I've been taught how to how to deal with failure. I've been taught how to deal with problems. You know, and then when it comes to when I am successful, I can always look back and relate to the wisdom, the words that my father has shown me, the love my mama has shown me, my brothers. I want to acknowledge my brothers, Alex and Jay, my sister-in-law, Shay. Thank you all for what y'all have done. My other baby brother, Kale, that drove in from Texas that allowed me to get home for Christmas. I just want to thank everybody, my children that came out. And um, where I'm going with this particular episode, man, is pretty much like this. You know, I, I, I've learned to become obedient. It's not a mistake that many people that have followed me and know where I've been. I've been on this walk. I've been on this travel a long time since elementary school, going to Christian private school and middle school and just coming into some realities. And throughout the course of my life, with the mind that I have, I'm very inquisitive and I always begin to ask questions. I never just accept anything that anybody tells me. But I renewed my faith back in God. But understand one thing, that faith ain't blind. I do not believe in blind faith. I just don't. God gave you a brain, but very few people use the mind. Faith without works is dead. I believe in letting God go, letting, letting go and letting God to a fault. I believe that God is in control, but God helps those who help themselves. And so today my intentions was to go to the gym. You know, I've been under the weather, been sick. You know, I want to get back on the ball court. My Achilles is feeling better. I wanted to get in the sauna, kind of sweat, whatever, you know, to get this bug up out of my system. And I just heard a voice that just said, you know what? Remain obedient. I'm going to go ahead and knock this episode out today because actually I was going to push this off to next week. Because I told you last year, moving forward, this show is going to be more remote. But I want to be obedient to this message moving forward. Don't talk to me about God if you got hate in your heart. Don't talk to me about God if you don't love people. We have got to start holding people accountable for those who say they believe in the most high, but don't show it in their actions. You will know them by the fruits that they bear. So what I'm ultimately saying is we've gotten to a level in worship and praise and belief to where it's so mediocre that anybody can say they believe in God and it's acceptable. 
The man wrote a whole album about killing people, but he want to thank God for that album. You know, people out here living reckless, but they want to say, you know, God got me. I'm God's chosen. Only God can judge me. You're right. He's going to judge you. You are definitely correct. But at the same time, people can make a better judgment of you as an individual. This is called influence. I need people to stop playing games with something that is so truthful, something that is so powerful. There's some people out here who's real to it. I just got off the phone with a conversation because the first place I learned about God as far as love was through my parents. I talked to my dad this very day. I see my dad stressed out, see my mother stressed out, you know, having to deal with people that don't love them back, people that don't re re reciprocate the love. And I tell my dad all the time, why you let this bother you? Let people go. Fuck them. Right. Excuse my French. I'm working on that. Trust me. Trust me. That that didn't need to be said. So my part, my part, my um, I pardon my please pardon me. But the one thing that I had to understand is my father, that man is real about when he said he believes in God because there's an action behind that. When we were kids, we used to pull up and my mom used to pull up in the driveway. She used to have a yellow rabbit full of groceries. All the kids would run up on us all the time, digging in our grocery bag. It was the worst, most irritating experience every time my mama pulled up. I used to hope my mama go to the grocery store that night and back in the driveway. And them kids would come up and they just bum rush our car. And my mother and my father always be like, you know what? If it's something that they want, just let them get it. Because we can afford to get more. Me and my brothers didn't really understand that at that time. But I hated that. And I didn't understand it because at that time I thought everybody had a mother and a father. So what led me to make this first episode of 2024. Is I'm starting to come into the reality. The realization that God is real and God is good. And I know hearing this from some people from the former communities might be disheartening. I might be called a lot of names. But there's a lot of things that I don't understand. I need for it to work. I need for you to show me that it's a problem solving incentive in participating in something or to be about something or someone. And I just didn't see it. I didn't see it in the church of today, not growing up. I don't see it with a lot of the pro black community, the conscious communities. I don't see it. And it's about time we stop being worried about if a person believes in God or not. Who cares if Jesus helped get somebody off a of dope? Why do you care? If a law helps somebody to stop putting a needle in their arm, why do you care? The only thing that should matter to you is that when you cross paths with this individual, are they a good human being? Is their level of humanity respectable? So the other day, I have a problem with blocking people. ASAP, mainly a lot of women. <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another day. And I got a block message from an individual and I said, you know what? Let me go get this call. The voicemail disturbed the hell out of me. And her voice was weak. And I was like, you know what? Let me make this call ASAP. I'm so glad that my pride didn't get in the way and be like, you know what? F that individual. I remember how they was getting down, how they treated me. But let me tell you this. It was just something about the moment. That when I, I got that message and I talked to this individual and we worked it out. Out of all the people they could have thought about to reach out to, they thought about reaching out to me. And I had them blocked and they obviously knew I had them blocked. But there was some worth, there was a level of value and something to that individual to where they felt like we needed to have a talk. And I always say, man, I don't care how me and the individual, individual fell out. If we fell out and you want to reach out to me on your deathbed. And you're about to go. I used to always tell myself, I won't honor it when you had your whole life and when you were healthy to do it. But in that moment, I had to release 
I had to release that 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 bond, that stronghold. I had to let it go. And when I got off the phone with the individual, I felt a whole lot better. It's no different than when I was at my older cousin's funeral. Big Glenn, my big cousin Glenn with them legs. That woman could always dress and she was a fashionista, boy. I love my cousin, beautiful lady, beautiful woman, so wise and intelligent. She was one of the very few people that encouraged my my son, you know what I'm saying, how beautiful his hair was because he wore it kind of natural and kind of knotty a little bit or kind of like how he, the brothers down in Florida wear the wicks. But I remember it was at her home going. And I had an issue with my cousin for so long. She walked into church looking for a seat. She tapped me on my shoulder. I didn't know who it was, but when I turned around, I seen it was her, and I was happy to see her. But it was just something about the moment where I had to let it go. Man, let me tell you something. We got to stop playing with God. Or you have to got, you have to stop playing with whatever God you believe in, whatever power, whatever practice. It has to work. There has to be a trigger of action. There has to be a trigger of patterns of ways that you treat people. In the community that I live in, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm around a sea of black people every day. There is no reason to be walking around saying that you believe in God. And you're so hostile towards one another, mean towards one another. You see somebody in the elderly line, you're mocking, laughing instead of help them. No patience for those who are disabled in our communities and not just the black community, all communities. Society as a whole is declined. The Bible talks about these days, these prophet, the prophetical days where man's behavior will decline. Love waxes cold. Nobody has compassion for anybody. People won't endure sound doctrine anymore. You don't believe me? Go listen to the average hip-hop song and see how it influences even an adult woman in the club to get up and start shaking. And the message is the worst thing ever. To influence a grown man from a teenage boy to pick up a gun and go off an op. But he goes to jail, but I guarantee you, it's either one of three tattoos he got on him. He either got praying hands, a sacrificial image of Jesus, or a crucifix. And he's going to tell you that he believes in God, but the act that he committed had nothing to do with God. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little stuffed up. People want to take God and compress God into their own way of understanding like they do with everything else. Like people say, my brand of love. What's your brand of love? Love is love. God is God. People act like their actions and the things that they do that is so wrong is acceptable of God. Or like forgiveness is just something that's just so disposable. I'm going to go ahead and commit this act, but God is going to forgive me. I think that's a little bit different. I don't I don't think it really works like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. But if you say you believe in God, you got to qualify and show me that you believe in God. Don't tell me who you are as an individual because your actions going to tell me everything. Recent conversation with my daughter. You never know what people are feeling throughout the years. But my daughter texted me and said she felt a certain type of way about something that I had done or had been doing for years that I didn't even know it was a problem. But I've learned in that moment from other experiences to listen to my daughter and to accept how she felt and apologize. When you begin to act according to God's will, which they say obedience is better than sacrifice, things do begin to happen in your life. And that ain't no mystery. I think a lot of times 
when people say there is a mystery guy from the former culture that I was a part of, which I would never knock that culture because I still I still acknowledge and 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 I praise that culture to this day because it's the realest thing ever. But the one thing about it is when you say something is a mystery, that means that you question its existence. And the one thing that I would say about those of the body of Christ, of those who say they believe in God, the biggest thing that is a mystery is your actions. What work are you doing in the community? My cousin's husband, Pastor William Francis, he does work in the community. Eugene Rivers back in Boston is doing work in the community. My brother, Jay Craze, Jay Thangs back in St. Louis, Missouri, is doing work in the community. And he's dealing with the youth. You know, one of the guys out the nation, Will Robinson, he's a barber, but he deals with the youth in the community. It's time for people to stop playing games and being dormant when, when they, they say they believe in something, but there's no action behind it. And the way that you carry on in life, God ain't about ego. Get over yourself. You are not the prize. You are not the bag because you're based on what you look like, based on the money that you have, based on the car that you drive, based on the house that you live in that does not make you high value, that does not make you the bag, that does not make you the prize. It makes you an individual with possessions. You want to know who you are to people? You don't want to know what you mean to people? Approach a crowd of people that know you. You'd be amazed the opinions and comments they say when they see you coming. But you can't really stop nobody from talking about you. People are going to talk. But they say a good name is better than silver and gold. And I found that to be true. So your riches and everything that you own and have, it only goes so far. How you treat people and how you impact people in life supersedes anything that you could ever be. Word of mouth travels faster than currency. Trust me on that. But for those of you who claim that you believe in God, you worship God, you service God, it has to begin to show in your actions every single day of life. I'm always told I'm too nice and I'm too soft to people. I don't know no other way to be. I don't, there's no need to be mean to people. There's no need to be rash to people. Because I grew up, I didn't see my father being mean or rash to people. I didn't grow up seeing my mother being mean or rash to people. You cannot say that you believe in God if you have a heart full of hate. If you're hurting, then hurt. But don't let that hurt turn to hate. Let that hurt turn to healing. I'm serious about this. It's just a lot of people out here, when I get to see them, you know what I'm saying? I know who they are. I know they're not right. And the first thing they want to do is start talking about God, this and God, that. You just turned me off. Because everything with your actions showed me otherwise. This is how I'm starting 2024. And this wasn't really about a New Year's resolution type of thing. It was just timely because of these incidents that have passed, that have uh, kind of transpired over the last days, inspired this first episode. We lost a lot. I don't know about you, but this past year, I've lost a lot of people, a lot of relatives, and I lost another young relative. And I just don't understand for the life of me that every time we lose somebody, how people just can't get the message. And I got a saying that I always say on this show. The biggest mistake that you can make is to think that you got time. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't have time. 
I'm telling you, you better learn to make every single day count. And this one thing my cousin Crow tells me, said to me years ago when we were like teenagers. Look, cuz, we all living on borrowed time. I didn't understand what he said then, didn't understand what it meant, but I understand it now. Parents used to always tell us, y'all got to prepare for the day when we ain't here. Because it's going to come a time when the elders going to start to leave the scene. And then y'all going to be up. And when we were kids, we heard it, but we didn't trip off of it. Because when you young, you think you got 100 years in front of you. But right now, to this day, that is a very, very, very real reality. Our elders have leave, have left us and are leaving us. And now ain't the time to be separating, family. And I extend that same suggestion to other families as well. Now ain't the time to separate. Now is the time to come closer, love on them babies, get them babies around each other, forgive people, stop harvesting, holding on to stuff. You got family members. You got coworkers. You got people that you played ball with, people you went to school with. You've done something to them to hurt them so badly they've held on it for years. And if a person don't know, I suggest you speak up. But for those of us, if you're going to be a believer, you got to walk that word. And the one thing that I know about God is love. And that love is unwavering, but love bears a multitude of faults. Love hurts. This is why a lot of people can't do it. And this is why a lot of people don't want to do it. It's easy to walk around bottled up, angry, mad, bitter, hateful. That's so easy. But I look at those people that toy, I look at people that tear that load, that carry that burden. It's just like that distant child. They're going to hurt you. They're going to disappoint you. But you still love them anyway. And I'm not telling that you have to let anybody take advantage of you to mistreat you. But there must become a culture in your identity as a believer in God. And if you don't believe in God, well, then you know what? You act accordingly. You do what you must. But I know more people that claim they don't believe in God or don't understand God. I know more atheists that act so much more righteous and loving to and kind towards people than those who sit in church. It's like an arrogancy to a lot of Christian people that sit in church or those who say they believe in God. Like they don't have a culture to identify with as far as their actions. I'm calling you out. And I expect to be called out. We've gotten away from that. I am a part of the parental generation. I'm a part of that generation of people who really did begin to abandon biblical principles. And I paid the price for that. We got into this new age, this 90s, which was one of the best times of my life. But that was around the time when people really began to just explore this open mindedness. You know, there was no discretion. Everything was 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 to be had and to be done and live your life. But it came with a price. Instead of when we thought we were living to a higher upper echelon of intelligence of living, we really became more mediocre than ever. We always looked upon the former generation of elders like that's that's irrelevant. That no longer exists. That don't work no more. When actually, if you really take time to look at history and the elders, they are still geniuses to this day for what they were able to accomplish and what they were able to achieve. That's something I've been learning how to do a little bit more. I got to breathe just a little bit more. I want us to be the best people that we can be. I want you to become an individual that works on improving each and every single day. If I talk to an individual for three months and you ain't improving in the third month, I don't want to talk to you. If every time I talk to an individual, you got negativity and something sad to say about somebody or something, I don't want to talk to you. 
And the one thing that we have to do and learn, if we're going to become problem solvers, you have to stop talking about other people and talk about solutions. You understand? There's a famous pastor going around. He going at other churches and other pastors. And you got people lining up outside the churches that want to challenge Bible scriptures. But down the street, you got black males killing each other. On the other side of the street, you got vacant and abandoned buildings. You want to talk about anything, you talk about solving those problems. We're challenging each other on things that are so minute that don't mean anything. Who cares what a person believes or stands on or if they're incorrect or correct? Only thing that matters is, are they a good individual? Do they have a kind, loving heart? Are they forgiving? Do they mean well? That's all that matters. But I'm telling you right now, I follow a lot of y'all on IG and Facebook that talk about God. I know you don't know nothing about God. There's a lot of people I know in my personal space that talk a lot about God. I know you don't know nothing about God. The only time God becomes relevant to y'all is when you get sick. You had a medical emergency, a death in the family. You didn't lost a job. Now God is relevant. And when things pan back out, you back doing your own thing. That has got to stop. This is the place where we bring a sexy back to the everyday hardworking men and women who impact your life. But then close proximity, we want to rise above this madness, which is called black culture. And I'm not going to ever stop saying that. You need to hug a problem solver. Support those who support you. Support those who support the babies in the community. And like I said, moving forward, the show is now going to be going remote. I'm going to start interviewing people of importance in the community who are going to impact our lives. And keep solely the focus on them. Also, man, like, share, and subscribe. Tell a problem solver to tell a problem solver to come on in. Now, a new thing. I am now streaming on IG and Twitter. I'm back on Twitter. So, again, if you don't hit it on Facebook, if you don't hit it on YouTube, you can hit up IG and Twitter. I'm rocking live right there, and I promise to keep the content coming. I also want to give a shout-out to Maddie Books. I just thank you, brother, for your support. And also, man, I want to give a shout-out, man, to one of my loyal supporters of the show, Shelly with the hands, man. She's a dope ass. Excuse me, I didn't mean it. She's a dope, um, you know, hairstylist here in Atlanta, Georgia. They got me going with this merch, man. And there it is, Humanity Works. So I want to give a shout out to Shelly with the hands. I appreciate you, support you, wellness therapy. Shout out to them as well, too. Um, and again, my parents and those who have been supporting the show, thank you. I see you all in the street. And man, it's just shocking to me how many times people be like, man, I remember when you said this. And I'm like, man, I didn't really know if people listen or not. I've gotten out of telling people that I even do a podcast, right? I feel like if you're supposed to find this show, you'll find it. And also, I was also told to lighten up a little bit, be a little bit more, you know, can't be, uh, you know, so serious all the time. So I'm going to work on that as well, too, you know. If you know me in real life, you know I can't cut a fool. You know I can be. A, a, a whole piece of work <laughs> but again um shout out to those man if you lost loved ones in this past year and i hate to sound so cliche as to make this seem like this new resolution type of show but just shout out to your loved ones i lost a lot this year all right i lost a whole heck of a lot and um i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna miss that message and i'm not gonna miss that mark let's press on I'm telling you, man, it's amazing sometimes when I look back on the elders, man, the stuff that they taught us, man, that we sometimes haven't really grasped a hold of, but we need to do a better job with that. Special shout out to my cousin, Tanil. Shout out to my cousin, Daisy. You're dope. You're always keeping the family together. Shout out to TT. Shout out to Crow. All right. And shout out to my homeboys that show, you know what I'm saying? My partner, G, always uh, support the show. Calvin, um, um, my boy, Matt. I mean, I just thank you, brothers, man, for always uh, Bryce. 
Man, it's a lot of people, man. I can just go down, man. I, I probably just need to stop because I don't want to miss nobody. I don't want nobody to be like, hey, man, you give me a shout out. But I'm telling you, man, what you know what they say, charge to my mind and not my heart, man. This show is going to continue to grow, man. Until next time, listen, the biggest mistake that you can make is to think that you have time. Peace. Equality versus equity. Equality means every child gets a pair of shoes. Equity means every child gets a pair of shoes that fit. That means every school district has to meet every student's individual needs. I'm Jerry O'Green with the Black Student Advocate. We advocate for black employees and black students within the K-12 school districts. We hold school districts accountable to make sure that black students and employees are in a fair and equitable workplace. Yes.